Welcome to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. In this podcast, there'll be insights around three key areas to mastering the game of life. Purpose, prosperity, philanthropy. Your host, Paul Lowe, the third sector mentor, is the founder of Hearts Global CIC, which along with many other of his charitable commitments, has been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from disadvantaged communities. Author of Mastering the Game of Life, From Pain to Purpose, and Speaking from Our Hearts books. Introducing your host, Paul Lowe. Welcome. Paul here. Many thanks for listening to my second podcast, where we'll be focusing on why we need goals, as well as how. Before tackling the specifics of goals, though, I'd like to start by picking up the thread from the previous podcast where I flagged up the ABC approach, and how this feeds into something far more crucial, our life's purpose. So, building on the purpose theme, have you ever wondered why we sometimes engage in addictive behaviours such as gambling? abusing alcohol, drugs, food, sex. Or two, that life is happening to you, limiting your potential to learn, grow and prosper rather than inflow for you. And thirdly, have you ever felt like your life lacked direction, meaning or focus or simply that you are capable of achieving so much more? And I can completely understand and empathise with you and where you're at. And that's why in today's podcast, I want to briefly touch on the importance of having a purpose before then focusing on goals. When it comes to purpose, Elizabeth Gilbert suggests there are two types of people. Firstly, those that know or discover one specific long-term life passion. For example, jackhammers that just constantly drill down and down and down. Or secondly, Those who enjoy discovering and getting curious about many new interests that excite them. These will be their short-term passions throughout their life. An example of this is a hummingbird that simply flits from one thing to the next. Despite spending 35 plus years as a binge drinking alcoholic, the power of labels, eh? I was definitely a jackhammer. At this point, I'd just like to revisit, if I may, the background to my emergence from pain to purpose. Not from a perspective of gaining a a sympathy vote from a sob story around a child that endured sickening behaviour at the hands of his new stepfather. No. Rather from a stance of highlighting that we all no doubt experience pain at some time or other in our lives, but the trick is to leave the pain from the past behind, but take forward the lessons. The rest is just a story, a script, A page in a chapter of a book that has long since been archived. I grew up on a tough inner city council estate in Nottingham in the early 1960s. My formative years were spent abroad within a deep learning curve of one simple goal, survival. Against an upbringing of abuse, cruelty, neglect and violence, as well as a subsequent alcohol addiction... I became aware very early on that I needed a really strong reason to live, something to believe in and sustain me through the barbaric treatment towards my mother and me at the hands of my new stepfather, whom I subsequently labelled the Beast. I needed a purpose, a reason to carry on against all the odds, and for me, this was my unswerving passion for Nottingham Forest Football Club, which extended way beyond a boy with a normal, 
whatever normal is, love for the beautiful game. This awareness was reinforced in March 1974 when at the tender age of 13 and a half, I reached breaking point after suffering six years of abuse at the hands of the beast. Compounded by back-to-back -back defeats from my beloved football team, I couldn't cope anymore and decided to end it all and commit suicide. Although I had neither the intellectual or emotional intelligence at the time to understand that I'd given all my power away to an external source, i.e. my football club, I somehow knew I had to trust my own gut instinct and start to claim my power back and show the world what kind of player I really was. I wasn't prepared to be a victim any longer. I would always strive for success and emerge the victor from now on. Ironic though, isn't it, that our life-changing chances often come on the back of our most difficult challenges. In that one defining moment of aborting the suicide solution, I learned and accepted that was more to the world than just me. And other people must be suffering too, such as my own mother. It was at this point I came to discover what I now know as my purpose. And as such, I was determined and focused to fight, literally, for anyone that needed my help, even though my own world was in tatters. So fast forward over four decades and I've consistently reflected upon a journey that's encompassed many diverse life experiences and certainly some key lessons learnt within the game of life. I've come to believe that the world is like a massive football arena with many different types of players, each performing within the levels of their own awareness at that given moment in time. My first half of life was about operating as a very defensive-minded, cynical, distrusting player. One that covered up his own fears and insecurities by hiding behind an alter ego of a hard-drinking, brawling bad boy. By learning to accept my vulnerability and insecurities, the paradox is I have now become immensely strong and far more aware of my true self. I've been influenced by some of the world's most eminent coaches, mentors and practitioners. Jim Britt, Deepak Chopra, Stephen Covey, Tony Robbins and Rupert Spira to name but a few. As well as an army of so-called ordinary people with massively big hearts. Consequently, I now totally accept that my second half purpose as a mentor is to create a global team of social leaders combining to contribute towards Stephen Covey's ninth habit of leave the world a better place than it was when we got here. From a young age, my life was in turmoil. I learned to base my survival and subsequent progression upon three very significant goals of fitness, finance and education. Yes, fitness. Despite my tortuous binge drinking sessions, I would invariably become embroiled in weeks, if not months, of subsequent hard physical training once I was back on the wagon. People used to quit. I was probably the fittest drunk they'd ever known. I would get myself back in tip-top condition physically, only to self-sabotage and end up back in the gutter on the booze. I had developed what I now know to be deservedness issues. Nonetheless, 
Fitness was, and always has been, one of the consistent goals in my life. The stark reality being, without our health and fitness, we have nothing. This is a principle I still hold strong today, beyond the physical aspect, extending to spiritual, emotional and mental health. Similarly, having a finance-related goal has always been a regular thread throughout my life. I recall as a teenager taking on five paper rounds to help my grandma win out. I lived with her from the age of 14 onwards, as well as having enough to let to go and see my beloved Forest play. For about a year, I had a good thing going. I would subcontract the paper rounds out on a 50-50 split. In essence, I got paid for supervising. Whilst it's fair to say I've also had a strong educational theme throughout my life, this has definitely changed from a formal academic approach to a more pragmatic one. Education for me these days means growth, not just learning for learning's sake. So what about your goals? And more importantly, are you, are you aware of why and how? Maybe the answer to the first part of the question, why, lies in Bob Proctor's quote around purpose, vision and goals. Your purpose explains what you're doing with your life. Your vision explains how you're living your purpose. Your goals enable you to realise your vision. Nice words, eh? Whilst I personally agree with them, I also know that they're nothing more than fancy theory unless we actually do something about them. So what's the starting point? In goal setting, there are many variations to the life wheel, a circle that is usually split into eight equal segments and allows us to assess where our lives may be at right now with aspects such as money, career, personal development, health, etc., to name a few. What I've developed is the how model, covering three primary areas in all our lives. Health, others, brackets, relationships, and wealth, which in turn then break down into various sub-areas between them. When deciding our goals, two vital considerations we need to factor in are what resources are required to achieve the goal, and more importantly, how can we be resourceful? A case in point is the previous example I gave about subcontracting my five paper rounds out. I needed money to help buy food and watch forest play, but I couldn't physically be in five places at one time, hence my resourceful approach. So by getting others involved, I ended up with two and a half times the pay simply by leveraging the opportunity, or as I prefer to say, letting the ball do the work. At this point, I'd like to share with you a few words of inspiration from the very, very inspirational Nancy Seams and her poem, A Creed to Live By. Don't underestimate your worth by comparing yourself to others. It is because we are different that each one of us is special. Don't set your goals by what other people deem important. Only you know what is best for you. Don't take for granted the things closest to your heart. Cling to them as you would your life, for without them, life is meaningless. 
Don't let life slip through your fingers by living in the past or for the future. By living your life one day at a time, you live all the days of your life. Don't give up when you still have something to give. Nothing is really over until the moment you stop trying. Don't be afraid to admit that you're less than perfect. It is this fragile thread that binds us all together and to each other. Don't be afraid to encounter risks. It's by taking chances that we learn to be brave. Don't shut love out of your life by saying it is impossible to find. The quickest way to receive love is to give love. The fastest way to lose love is to hold it too tightly. And the best way to keep love is to give it wings. Don't dismiss your dreams. To be without dreams is to be without hope. To be without hope is to be without purpose. Don't run through life so fast that you forget not only where you've been, but also where you're going. Life is not a race, but a journey to be savoured each step of the way. So, what if we don't achieve our goals? What stops us? Other than lack of awareness in the first place, there are two other monumental barriers that prevent us from achieving them. The first one is not taking the necessary action. Isn't it true that we all enjoy the thought of having more time, love or money? And I will focus on these three things in future podcasts. But the stark reality is, it remains just that, a thought. The second barrier is accountability. I know from most, if not all, the big goals I've achieved would not have been possible without the support, guidance and inspiration from people that have either coached or mentored me. Any questions, please drop me a line to paul at paulloharts.com. Any thoughts and I'll be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, why not check out my website at www.paulloharts.com or any of my social media feeds. Finally, thank you for listening to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. And until next time, remember, mastering life starts by embracing our hearts. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. Drop a line to paul at paullowhearts.com with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at paullowhearts.com or any of his social media feeds under the same name. Remember, mastering life starts by embracing our hearts.